You're listening to Chatting with Copywriters. I'm your co-host, Bobby Lind. And I'm Kimberly Camp. In each episode, we break down the mysteries of copywriting and marketing. Welcome back to Chatting with Copywriters. Uh, today, we're going to get into a little bit of a fun topic when it talks about customer audience and how do you talk to them. But before we do that, Kimberly and I really enjoy just shooting the breeze with each other and chatting. And what we find is that between the two of us, we can always relate something back to marketing. Kimberly, I got a question for you. All if right. You I could, always love our questions. You do. If you could ban one food from being on pizza, what would it be? Oh, ban a food from being on pizza. Well, my my first response is something that like over half the people who love pizza would be very upset about because they, you know, everyone loves pepperoni, except me. Um, uh, the majority <laughs> of meats, the majority of meats that go in a pizza, I don't actually eat. So if I'm going to say something that, that should not absolutely be on pizza, that's a hard one. I think I would have to go with lima beans. I, I couldn't agree with you on that one. Um, not quite what I was thinking, but sure. <laughs> so oh, no. So, okay. I lived in China for a while. And uh, whenever we would be missing home a little bit, we'd go to like a pizza hut. And pizza hut there is not a, uh, it's not a fast food joint. It is a sit down joint. They uh -huh. have like a maitre d' to seat you. You have formal silverware, all of the, all of this stuff, right? Who eats pizza with silverware? Right? It was the strangest experience <laughs> ever. But you would look at the menu, okay, and they had something called a cheese pizza and a vegetarian pizza. Like, that was the English translation. But vegetarian pizzas were like Supremes. They had all the meat and they had all the vegetables. And cheese pizzas had a bunch of vegetables on them. They had, like, peas and lima beans and chicken. And That's that was awesome. the cheese pizza because it had more than one kind of cheese. So the only... <laughs> No, you know, you had to order the 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 original name for a cheese pizza, which is a margarita pizza. That's what they call it in Italy, which is cheese, tomato, basil. Yes. Um, so that's what was safe for the people among us who were vegetarians. <laughs> but like if you ordered the vegetarian pizza, it had meat on it. And if you ordered the cheese pizza, it had um, it had something... like peas and stuff on it. And I was like, there's peas in my pizza. There's lima beans in my pizza. Why is this? <laughs> so uh, I truly believe that pizza is the food of the gods. There is nothing you can't put on pizza. There is, however, uh -huh. things that you shouldn't put on pizza. Oh, so okay. for, <laughs> for me, like, oh, I one of the best pizzas I ever had was a macaroni and cheese pizza. So pizza oh, crust based, like a white Alfredo sauce, and then mac and cheese on top of it. Mm. Oh my God, it was great. It was a heart attack waiting to happen, I'm sure. But it was amazing. So as far as banning something on pizza, there's not a lot that I wouldn't put on pizza. Now, there's a lot of things that I just don't eat, like mushrooms. I just don't think that that should ever be consumed in any capacity <laughs> whatsoever. But um, for me, I think I would have to ban anchovies because number one, why? Number two, they smell so bad that when you cook it, it doesn't matter whether it's on your pizza or not. If anchovies are close to your pizza, you get the smell. And that just kills my pizza desire. I hear you. I hear you. 
So Kimberly, one of the things that you really kind of focus on is helping businesses kind of develop their their kind of customer audience and how they can can talk to them, right? So where does a company start for for learning how to how to do that? So, you know, one of the best places to start is if you have one, uh, the customer service department, uh, because that's going to be a collection of all of the complaints you've ever received. And it's also going to tell you a little bit more about your audience, how they operate, what their concerns are, where the biggest issues are, and also kind of it'll let you know just based on their problems uh, what the job titles are. Who is it exactly that is that's buying this program? Who is it exactly that's having issues? Is it something where the CEO thought it was a great idea because it sounded good, but in reality it was really complex to implement and you need to bridge that gap uh, by you know creating tutorials, by creating other ways to help your customers, but all, all of my, that kind of stuff. But all my customers love me. The only problem they have is the price. How do I get this information? <laughs> so if you don't have a customer service uh, company, then, you know, if, if you've been in operation for any amount of time, you already have a general idea of who you might want to target. And yes, people think in, in generality. So like, oh, we can help everyone. But, you know, if you're a software company who only creates software for hotels, well, you're not helping everyone. You're only helping hotels. Okay, great. So you've narrowed your audience down. And then, you know, if you look at your customers, Look at, uh, you know, even if you only have 10, what do those 10 have in common? Okay, they're all over 25 rooms. Great. That means most likely if someone has less than 25 rooms, they they may not be able to afford your software or your software may be too complex for their needs. Both of those are great things for you to know and move on from that. So once you have the general ideas of who your audience is, um, and that's, those are, those are the two easiest ones. But if you want to kind of deep dive a little bit more into who your audience is and how to talk to them, another great way to look at it is if you have that general, that general idea of your, of your audience. Okay, I'm, I'm targeting hotel owners, for example. Then kind of, you know, go check out where hotel owners hang out. Are they uh, part of an association? Well, go to the association. Does the association have meetups? Well, then go to a meetup. The association doesn't have meetups. Do they have forums? If they do have forums, just kind of look through them a little bit. See what common topics come up. How can you help solve those common topics with what you offer? If they don't have forums, you know, check out Reddit or Quora and see what kind of questions that are related to what you offer um, are getting asked. Or, uh, you know, my, my favorite thing to look at when people are like, I don't know what to write about or I don't know the trends or whatever. It's really easy. Conference schedules. Look at the agenda on a conference schedule. And that will tell you the broad view of what people are concerned about. And then look at the attendee list. And you'll see, okay, here's where those meet. Are these people CEOs? Are they VPs of marketing? Are they IT technicians? You know, what are they? Who are the people that come? and want to hear about XYZ topics, great. These are the people you can help. That gives you a general idea. And then you kind of go from there. Oh, that's brilliant. I've actually never thought about doing the, the conference, uh, looking at conferences for data on on customer. But uh, most of what I write is business to consumer instead of business to business. I mean, I 
my stuff is business to business because I'm trying to attract another business to use my services. Mm -hmm. But um, yeah, that's an interesting place to look. That's not usually where I start with customer pain points from my perspective. Um, I I tend to go to places like Amazon and look at reviews Mm -hmm. because that's where consumers are and whether or not it's your product on Amazon or similar products. And that works even Absolutely. With, and it works well with services too. So if you are a service provider provider of let's say plumbing, which almost everybody needs, but you want to understand some of the pain points on people in plumbing, um, Amazon may not be the best place for you to go unless you start looking into some of the books, you know, how to fix your toilets and stuff like that, or how to repair you know, like the Home Depot book and basically the DIY for everything. And then just look at the comments. What do people talk about? What do people are reviewing? What are they looking for? Is one way to to find that information in even a service-based business-to-consumer style. Another option to look at if you're looking at services is to go to like a Yelp or uh-huh. a Google Reviews. And, you know, just kind of see what are people happy about? Why are they happy? Why are they upset? Why are they leaving these reviews? Mm -hmm. But if you're talking about business to consumers, um, conferences can still be really powerful. They can. They can. It's just not a place I started looking. So, yeah. Well, I was going to say, you know, if you are, you know, you're a copywriter and you're selling a service to people and... Uh, another place then for you to look is if you're not necessarily wanting to, you know, you're not thinking, oh, I write for consumers. Well, look at the marketing related topics at those conferences Absolutely. or look at conferences that are strictly for marketing, like content marketing world, for example. Mm-hmm. That's just the first thing I can think of off the top of my head. But a lot of people go there or South by Southwest in um, it's in Texas, I believe. It is. You know, that's a it's a huge, huge conference with a wide variety of people. But again, it can kind of give you that 30,000 foot view of what's going on. What are these people concerned about and where are they in their journey looking for answers? Because my big thing is you want to target people where they're at now. Them buying is two or three steps away. Even if that two or three steps is only going to take an hour, they're still two or three steps away from buying. So where are they before they buy? What are they asking before they buy? What are their questions before they buy? And then writing to that. So, um, so let's go a little bit more into detail in, you know, the, where they are. There's, um, there's, there's a lot of, of really good books out there that talk about the different, um, stages of a, of a buyer's persona and where they are in their stage, you know, from they don't even know that there's a problem to they know there's a problem to they know there's a solution. They're just not entirely sure what it is, right? So there's all the way up until they know who you are, they know what your product is, and they're just ready to throw money your way because you ask them to. So where do you recommend in all of this research that these companies are doing, trying to figure out how to get this voice and speaking to this individualized customer, how do they, how does a company learn where on this sort of sliding, very analog scale of where customers are, how do they find that so that they can start talking to that point? So the thing to understand is that uh, in the majority of industries, 
no matter what you're selling, B2B, B2C, people are on every part of the spectrum. Okay, so there are people who don't know they have a problem, aren't looking for a solution. There are people who know they have a problem, are looking for a solution. There are people who uh, know that there's a solution and are now looking for who's going to provide that solution. So whatever it is that you're selling, there are people at every stage. So what you need to decide is who is it that would best benefit from what you offer? Is your offering something that is best for those people who are only looking for a solution? Is it best for those people who don't know they have a problem? Is the way that you uh, have created your product for those people who don't know how they have a problem? It, it just depends on where you want to target. I would recommend targeting kind of in the middle um, because if you are targeting somebody who is aware of a solution but comparing or targeting somebody who doesn't know what the solution is but is looking for a solution, then it's a lot easier to guide them because you're getting in front of them where they're actively looking for information. Um, and that's that's one of the reasons why I, I don't tend to go after uh, the, the clients who don't know they have a problem. Because if they don't know they have a problem, guess what? If, like, let's say you sell... Uh, something in the consumer space, okay? Uh, let's say you sell a dehumidifier, for example, and somebody doesn't know that the damp air is causing their cough, okay? They don't know they have a problem, or they don't have a cough at all, okay, and they just know that the air is damp. Convincing them that they need to not live with damp air is going to be a very long and involved struggle because they're not aware that they have a problem. <laughs> That's just Texas in the summer. We feel like we're swimming to our car. Uh, yeah, it's Missouri too. <laughs> um, it's Missouri too. But that's the thing, right? Is if somebody's like, oh, my air is so thick, can't, isn't there something I can do? Then they're actively looking for a solution. They are interested in what you have to say you are a potential option. Mm -hmm. um, so one of the things that you talked about earlier was, you know, speaking to the individualized person in that scenario. So now we have a group of people that have, they've realized there's a solution, but how, how do we, how do we make our communications feel personal? So I want to go back to the lemonade stand. Okay. Uh, because, you know, um, while I have never actually seen a lemonade stand, uh, they're in the movies all the time, right? That's what kids start oh God, out there. I, I totally ran a lemonade stand when I was a kid. Yeah, I never did. Uh, the, uh, but that's the entrepreneurial spirit, right? You have all these commercials. It's in movies. It's in books. Kids, they open up a lemonade stand to make a couple of bucks in summer. Yes, because and, you we know, have to have that latest toy. <laughs> right. Because, well, you know, kids have the cuteness factor, but the cuteness factor is only going to buy and sell that first cup of lemonade. What's going to continue to encourage people to come back and buy more is the interaction they have. So when somebody buys that first cup of lemonade, they don't get the response of, we really appreciate your purchase. Please come back next time for more. We really appreciate that you stopped by. No, they talk to people one on one. Oh, Mike, I know you're so busy at the mechanic store. I'm really glad you stopped by the stand. What can I do to help you? 
do your guys want some lemonade too? You know, let, let's let's create a deal so that you can pick up 10 cups of lemonade for a bulk discount, right? That's what they're going to do. But that's easy when you have their name. So how do we do that before they become a customer? How do we speak to that one individualized person before it, you know, before before I've got them on my list? So before you have them on your list, I just want you to think about your favorite customer is the easiest way. Okay. So let's say you do have a few customers to your name. You have a few clients to your name. Who is the person you really liked working with? Okay, great. Use them as an example. So a lot of people will say, oh, you know, don't write to an avatar because they're not a real person. If you don't have anyone, an avatar is your best option. If you do have someone, though, like let's say you're selling that dehumidifier, right? And you know your grandmother would love a dehumidifier, okay? She hasn't bought one yet. But she's been complaining that it feels so hot in her house and you realize it's because of the, the stickiness and she's she's recently started saying, man, isn't, can you tell me how to get rid of the stickiness? Talk to your grandmother. Have your grandmother in your mind and just write her a letter. Just write her a short blurb about what you do. Just write her something that answers her question. So if you have a favorite customer, use them as an example. And what you're going to end up doing is when you have Mike, your favorite customer, in your head, when you're writing your marketing materials, or you give that information about your favorite customer to your copywriter because you're busy running the company and, you know, a copywriter can use a lot of other tricks in their bag. Um, but when you give that information, not only does it, is it going to sound more personalized, is it going to sound more like a real conversation that somebody wasn't even aware they were having? But you're also going to attract more of your favorite customer because what you're writing is going to resonate with more people that are like your favorite customer. Somebody who's looking for a dehumidifier, he wants to buy in the next week, and he's excited at the fact that he found somebody who can explain what a dehumidifier does. As opposed to, yeah, that guy who took a month and a half to convince to buy my dehumidifier and we haggled over price for two weeks, he bought, but he's not your favorite customer. Your favorite customer is the one who is like, oh, you explained what you did. Uh, now I know why I need a dehumidifier. Yours look good. I'll buy. So when you write to that one person, when you write to your favorite customer, or you write to somebody that you know that's similar to your demographics, or if you write to that avatar and you kind of go deep dive, you know, who are they? Uh, are they happy in their job? How many hours a week do they work? Uh, you know, are they married? Do they have home obligations? Do they go out with friends? Those kinds of things. Mm -hmm. When you, when you have that in your mind and you're writing, it's so much easier to then create something that really resonates because it sounds like it was written for me, you know? I, the way I like to describe this to people is we've all mostly, you know, in like grade school, taken archery. You've seen us all, you know, we're, we're in like with socks pulled up to our knees and, you know, we're like all, we're not really paying attention to what's going on, but they have given us a deadly weapon. And when you aim for the target, right, you know, you pull the string back and you're aiming, most people aim for the bullseye. And we're just happy that it hits the target. This is the advantage that having that really dialed in customer avatar and or single person that you're talking to really, this is, it's a visual representation of what that looks like, because that's your bullseye. That's if you get that, man, you have, you've just won the tournament, you're running around screaming, woohoo, look what I did. 
good, right? But if you, if you hit the target anywhere on the target, you're excited because it's people that are kind of close to your person, your, your ideal customer avatar. They're interested in you and they give you money. Now, if you completely miss the mark, that's, you know, that's just how that works, right? So that's the best visual representation that I can give for people on why writing to a single person or that individualized customer avatar really works. It does. It really does work because when you're writing like a person to another person, then it's really obvious that it's not, people are aware that it's an automated message, but it still feels personal. It still feels like you're answering exactly what I wanted to know. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that's uh, just a, a brief foreway into uh, customer audiences and how to write to your customer audience and kind of where you can find more information about your ideal customer. Do you have anything to add, Bobby? No, I think... Uh... I think you managed to to do a pretty darn good job on that one. All right. So don't forget to check us out at chattingwithcopywriters.com. If you liked what you heard today, please leave us a review or a star on iTunes and Spotify. And uh, don't forget to come check us out and hit that subscribe button so you never miss out on future episodes of Chatting with Copywriters. (laughs) 